A.M. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Wrapping up another week of trade and an interesting week once again it has been. We're going to take a look at, we know, you know, the WASDE report came out on Tuesday and we've definitely had a lot of time to discuss that. But really, did it really change much as what we see in the market outlook? Soybean crush numbers came out for a Friday. We'll take a look at that. Look at these numbers as we wrap up the trading week and what tone does it set as we move forward? Then, of course, weather is always a topic. La Nina, what are we seeing on that and what's it happening and how's it affecting maybe planning activity in Brazil? Just a few of the things we're going to try to hit on for you today as Troy Nielsen joins us. He is with Smart Yield. So, Troy, let's talk about I mean, the WASDE part, we know the numbers from the, that report of Tuesday. But having said that, we've had the time to digest everything. Is it really going to have that much of an effect on this market trade? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's a big report, well anticipated. And, and the net effect so far has been um, fairly minimal, especially on corn. Corn number was a very, very slight change on that WASDE report as far as the yield is concerned. And so corn numbers really aren't a big deal. Uh, we ended up for the week compared to a week ago, um, December corn was down three and a half cents. So really not a big deal, especially as we are getting into um, the middle of harvest here. It's not a big deal. And then you look at soybeans. Soybean on that WASDE, we did increase yield a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more significant than on what we saw on corn. Um, uh, November beans ended up down 24 and a half cents. Uh, we closed beans today at twelve dollars and eighteen cents. Twenty-four and a half looks like a you know a, a pretty good hit on that bean market. But really, as as guys are getting, um, some guys are finishing up beans. Some are you know closer uh, or close to finishing up beans here in the next two three days. Twenty-four down is really not that big a deal in this bean market at this time of year, especially when we're still talking over twelve dollar futures. Um, wheat um, wheat was virtually no change there in Chicago. Um, not not a big deal at this time, but you do see some harvest effect. But yet this morning then we did see we had a strong export that came out. We sold um, to China overnight, had a big sale. So you saw corn up 10 cents on the nearby. You saw beans up 12 cents on November and January. Those were, you know, some direct effects to some some exports starting to kick in pretty good as well. And we'd like to see that over the next few months if we can see um, exports kick in. The other thing I look at, we're still over $12 futures on soybeans. If you look at that historically, we are still at very good values, especially at this year's input costs that we're dealing with. So what are your thoughts on the crush report from this morning? Yeah, crush report. Um, the average estimate was 155.1. We came in, in at 153.8. Um, uh, so not a huge change there on the crush report. Um, the, the last month we were at 158.8. A year ago this month, 161. So we're down a little bit on that crush. Um, uh, but when you look at the, the, the September soybean crush compared to prior years, we're, um, since 2018, um, we, we've kind of, jumped up into some pretty high crush numbers and and we're still up in that range so even though we're off a little bit in september 
we still have some pretty strong crush going on. I would anticipate, my opinion is, I think we'll see that continue to build a little bit here as we have more soybeans in the pipeline. And and having said that, uh, China and their need for feed, for livestock, their need for just beans in general, do you see that changing as we move our way through this final quarter of, of the year? No, I don't. I don't see that changing. Um, we, You know, you hear some different rumors out of there. I don't think that need changes. I think um, it gets even uh, more so, in my opinion, um, uh, we've heard a little bit about their condition on their their corn crop. Um, we forget that they also raise a lot of corn, um, and they've had a lot of rain. They've got some condition issues right now with that that I don't think's um, really come to fruition at this point. Uh, the other side to that is you've got to look at the, uh, the U.S. dollar. Um, compared to other currencies throughout the world. And I think you could see export business continue. And typically this year, we or this time of year, we start shifting from a more of a supply issues that start in the spring and go through the growing season into harvest. And then at this time, we'll start to transition in the next several weeks into more of a demand side. Um, and that's when all the, you know, the demand starts to kick in. And, um, and, and so... I, I want. I would anticipate China is going to continue to be um, a very strong buyer, uh, buyer of our, our commodities here. Overall, were you happy with how the beans wrapped up the trading week? I was tickled, actually. I was really tickled. Um, they came back pretty resilient because uh, just two days ago, those November soybeans. Um, Got to keep in mind they were eleven eighty four two days ago, and so here we are at twelve eighteen. Um, right in the middle of harvest so there's some pretty strong buying going on and pretty strong resist or uh, support under these beans right now um don't know where they're going to go moving forward but the last couple days have been pretty resilient on the board what about for corn i mean were you okay with how they they finished out the week yeah you know corn market down uh right here at, at in the middle of harvest, down three and a half cents on the spot market. That's really a, a very flat, neutral um, type. Um, now, it has come back um, from a couple days ago, but for the week, we ended up down less than a nickel for the week. That's pretty good. Um, I also think that, you, you know, we're still talking, I talked about beans above 12. We still have corn above $5. And so um, you, you have to look at what the farmer's dealing with here, too is basis now basis here in the middle of the of uh, nebraska uh, most of nebraska has a extremely favorable basis on corn and beans right now compared to normal basis this time of year which is much wider and so with a healthy basis and over five dollar futures uh, corn's been uh, really re- resilient and i think that shows two things and one of them is the underlying support is there be- at Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labeled or VA. 
Fontenelle. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation with Troy Nielsen with Smart Yield. We left off kind of talking about what we were seeing in this week's trade and, you know, the feel of it. Well, we know harvest does continue, but La Nina is in there and having some effects on these markets as well. And we need to start there. What are you hearing and how is La Nina having an effect at this point? Yeah, La Nina this year, um, um, we know how it affected us uh, last winter through springtime. And uh, just this week, some of the major major climatologists came out and said, anticipate La Nina again this year, um, winter through spring. And what that really means um, is in the Pacific Northwest, it should be colder than average and, and above average um, precip. Um, and that should carry into the northern plains as well, where we really need some moisture as well in those northern plains, like in the North Dakota area. Um, unfortunately, that does typically mean that the southwest part of the United States um, in the extreme drought of California and some of the other southwest states will probably remain um, uh, seasonally dry at that time. So, But that's what we're looking at is La Nina. So it gives us a little bit as far as what we can maybe anticipate um, for winter moisture um, and even moving into springtime there. So with that said, I think then, you know, that kind of brings up the question, looking at next year's um, planting. Everybody's talking right now because of the anticipated input cost, uh, looking at uh, higher higher input costs dramatically, maybe looking at more soybean acres here in the United States. Um, and if you look at that, the 2022 corn, in my opinion, has some very strong fundamental outlook behind it then because of that. Um, you know, if we look at the planted acres down, and I'll just throw a number out and say 3 million acres if we're on corn, if we're down about 3 million acres on corn on next year's crop, um, then you have to assume that if you're going to have usage about the same as it is this year, you could keep that stocks to use below 10% and maybe even closer to that 9% stocks to use. You know, that would be an extremely tight stocks to use that we really haven't seen since 2012, 2013. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself on that part of it. But if you're talking more bean acres, you have to talk about what could that potentially do to this corn market as well. So having said that, um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of harvest pressure that's on harvest activity as folks look towards 2022, which sounds so weird to say, but they're worried about moisture. And then you look to our neighbors to the south and their planting activity. Brazil, it sounds like it's finally getting some moisture, but we got areas here that need it, too. Yeah, we absolutely right. You're right. Um, Brazil's had the opposite um, problems, um, and, and that's affecting their corn planting at this time. So, you know, not not a you know, it's not real um, uh, favorable outlook in Brazil at this time. But then, when you look at the moisture that we're, we have in this country, we don't talk about it much this time of year. But uh, we're coming into um, you know some. We came through July with extremely dry and above average heat. Most of the Corn Belt carried into August where we did end up with some rains first part of September. Um, but that, that uh, profile needs, needs some moisture. And if we don't see that, we could, that could be an issue moving into springtime. We just, you know, need to pick up some moisture through the winter here and, and start building the profile back. And guarantee that we're going to be watching this moisture in South America as well as their crop grows. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the key growing area that we watch throughout the winter. Um, you know, they don't become competition to us on the world market here for several months yet. So it's all about their growing conditions. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, it's our export season coming up. So their growing seasons, our export season. And so we, you know, if the dollar can stay down or dollar can, uh, not down, but if the dollar can, um, you know, move in the sideways pattern and, and potentially start rolling over here a little bit for us. Um, it, it could help our exports. And looking at historically on the dollar, we're pretty lofty levels right now. Um, and compared to where we we're at in the springtime and even early June, we've moved up considerably on the dollar. Um, and, and seasonally, we might see that dollar start to peel off a little bit here, too, which would help our export business this winter. Well, as we quickly wrap up, any thoughts on funds and the positions as we finished out this trading week? Boy, Susan, that's, that's the key right now, too, is, um, you know, don't fade the funds. The funds are still long, about 250,000 contracts. Um, they're pretty committed to, to that all through harvest, which is a fairly strong commitment that you don't see every year. So, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a big long position. Um, I don't know if they're going to relinquish those or add to them. We'll have to see. Don't know what the future is going to be, but they have been very committed to being long through harvest so far. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Troy. Yeah. Call our office here in Kearney at 308. 308- Two three four six eight zero five. All right, that is today's Fontenelle final bell. Just a reminder: commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, so they're not always suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle final bell. You can pick this up as a podcast and through our website as well, ruralradionetwork.com. The Fontenelle final bell has been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.